0: Welcome to this Brit Scandy Scandigrap special. Uh, our guest this week is one half of the English commentary team for Copenhagen Championship Wrestling. He is also one half of the commentary team for Odyssey Pro Wrestling and Pro 2. Uh, he is the host of the Kurt Johansson Show podcast, and he is the man himself,
1: Kurt Johansson.
0: Thank you very much for joining
1: us. No, thank you for having me. Uh, really excited to be coming on your show. You've been doing an incredible job recently showing... Like all the great stuff we've been doing Odyssey Pro Wrestling for starters and causing quite a stare between Sam and Hill and Lance Rivera, which is always fun to see, I guess. But no, I'm happy to be on and talking not only things for like Odyssey and Pro 2, but again, a Scandi Graps lover and um, like yourself. So it'll be good to any time I get to speak about European wrestling is always fun. Yeah,
0: I'm still very, very new to uh, Scandicrops. It was yourself and listening to and seeing you what you were promoting on Twitter, and I was like, okay, so what is this? And I was started to get into WXW Germany at the time, yeah. and it just kind of now is the entire scene. I always include a little quick wrestling, uh, European wrestling roundup now on the full Rest roundup.
1: Oh, that's great.
0: Uh, we are, of course, the enticed, the Great British Wrestling podcast for Great British Wrestling as featured on bodyslam.net, brought to you by powered tv Yes, I didn't mess it up on the uh, last bit of roundup, I tried three times to do that and I fluffed it all three <laughs> times. I am the Great British Italian Mr. Andrew Moore, and D2 most. Uh, unfortunately, Big Daddy Dan cannot join us today. He is in a counseling meeting, uh, working hard for all of you guys out there. Uh, let's Shall we kick off talking a bit about Scandi Grabs? Uh as I yeah. say I'm very new to the scene. Uh, you're originally
1: from Sweden, is that correct? See, this is this is where people kind of get confused. Um, so obviously last name Johansson is um Scandinavian. So my father's side of the family is where I get like the um Scandinavian heritage. His dad, like my dad and his dad Swedish. Um And then his mum's side was Danish. So there's always been that blood and that kind of heritage and stuff like that um, within the family. But I don't know, I'm a a little bit mix of everything. So I've got South African in me, um, Irish, Danish, Swedish, English. So I kind of absorbed all that and thought, you know what, let's put that into my podcast. And then before I know it, I'm interviewing people from wrestling scenes that, didn't even know existed
0: yeah I, I got the same thing when we started now i'm getting into again as you say so it's just like i don't know where this all came from i don't know why <laughs> uh but no i love what you're doing i love the fact that you did bring this uh get you know you talked about an entire because there is more to wrestling than just awwe or roh or even new japan and yeah british wrestling is fantastic right now yes it had a load of setbacks but uh you know it's it's looking better than it was and we need to keep improving on that and then of course the european wrestling scene uh wxw in germany has always been a, a hotbed for talent you think of walter taem and uh Ilya dragon of just so many great wrestlers that like axel Tisko, alexander yeah. wolf and the just it seems like people are only interested in the big stars or the big companies.
1: Yeah, and I think that's what, like, my show kind of embodied where I, I used to do a different podcast with a different group uh, that was really successful, I was interviewing people like Lance Archer when he was having the hottest run during the G1 and things like that. And I, I loved speaking about that, but it's difficult when... When people have been interviewed a million different times, how can you make it different? And I think that's how what I was looking at because you could always see the trend on Twitter, um, where one person interviews somebody and then before you know it, five, yeah. six, seven more because you see, oh, cool, that person's up for interviews. I'm going to reach out to him because I'd like to speak to him. And, um, so it's like <clears throat> no disrespect to like the bigger companies or anything like that, but. I was like, how can I make myself different? And it just started off with, so Reach Wrestling, so underrated mm-hmm. um, in the British wrestling scene. Um, I was covering a lot of their content and was speaking to a lot of their academy graduates during the pandemic. And some of them had literally just had like their first ever match or two or three matches. And <clears throat> now seeing those guys and girls coming out of the academy, getting bookings in multiple different places down in the South of England has been incredible. You've got people like L.A. Taylor where she's just made a Rev Pro debut and I had her on the show, I think it was a couple of years ago, uh, well, about a year and a half ago, and she had like two matches, three matches under her belt. And so I just found it so much more entertaining because there's a different story to tell and it's a story people haven't heard. And so I started actually looking into all these different wrestling scenes and, seeing people at that grassroots level or different indie scenes at grassroots level where they're just starting out and they're trying to break out. That's what I've enjoyed finding out. And it's just opens up your eyes to different kinds of styles, different matchups, different characters that you've never seen before. And then it's been great to see for considering we've been in like a two year pandemic to see the growth of Scandinavian and Nordic wrestling. I, I hate just saying Scandi graps because it's, I feel like I'm leaving out Finland, Um, but like the Nordic wrestling scene, the growth they've had during a pandemic when they couldn't really do the wrestling has been absolutely incredible. I think there's more eyes on the Nordic wrestling scene now post pandemic and during the pandemic than there probably was previously.
0: Yeah, because uh, you've got... The, I think the big one for me is Body Slam. They're on IWTV. Yeah. Uh, they have the English commentary, which really does help. Uh, and what you're now doing, going to be doing with Copenhagen, as, as you say, it's going to help grow the scene more because a lot of people sometimes are just like, oh, I don't understand the commentary. I don't understand the wrestlers, so I, I'm not going to think. But, yes, yeah, it's, it's, in some ways, you know, wrestling's no matter the country the language is kind of the same you yeah. understand the story that is wrestling you you may not understand say the language but you can understand the actions and behaviors of certain people
1: 100 and i think any sports universe it's, it's a universal language like any other sport in the world i, d- I don't speak spanish but i'd happily watch la liga football even mm. and it's like that with wrestling um commentators are obviously I'm going to say we're great because we try and tell the story and like in, in my role as being this interviewer. And now what I'm trying to do with the commentary of being able to be that English voice for all these different companies so they can try and expand and grow their audience. But at the same time, and I don't want to talk myself out of potential jobs and the jobs I've got, but I'd happily watch new Japan if it was in the native, um, language if body slam if it was in the native language any, anywhere really or even if they didn't have the commentary if the wrestling's as good and they're telling the story in the ring which nine times out of ten that will be doing that's all that matters really it's us well i think i've
0: lost i'm sure he'll be back just shortly uh, at which point we'll talk about uh the crowds that are there oh you with to
1: Can you, can you see me? Hear me now? Yes, yeah, oh, yes, you're back. <laughs> I was just talking away. Um, I could see you moving around to it, and then I was like, oh, we've lost you. But now I think with, with the different commentary and stuff like that that's out there, if the story's right in the ring, then the commentary isn't as needed. It just helps enhance the match.
0: Yeah, and uh, the crowds are ser- certainly very raucous. You can see yeah. how much that they, they they just entertain they love every part of it, it kind of reminded me of a uh, very old progress when it really first started out and the way the crowds would be for the shows
1: yeah because the passionate and and i think that's something that some companies here in the uk have now been lacking because of the incidents that have been going on with speaking out and Again, British wrestling isn't – it's not being cleansed. It's not perfect. People are trying to make the correct steps to make it a better and a safer environment. <clears throat> um, but I think that kind of zaps some of the passion, I think, out of certain fans. Mm. Um, like progress from what I've, been, what I've seen them be doing, they've been doing some great stuff. But I don't think the crowd base is as rabid as it used to be no then, not quite yet on the flip side icw have just returned to the garage they've just done icw bard and all over social media just seeing performers say how electric that crowd was mm. and i think that's the same when you are looking i like the likes of body slam where it's just like a rowdy party and with copenhagen championship wrestling and hopefully if we we'll get to see like the nordic elite wrestling stuff mm. i i I imagine it's going to be a similar crowd like it's people just want to go drink and watch wrestling.
0: Yeah, and it's great to see British performers also now making that trip yeah. across American performers have recently. I mean, we've had uh, vertigo uh Warhorses in going to be at Copenhagen. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan Gresham of course defended the World Title against
1: Emeritus. Uh yeah. That no that's it that's incredible and But even if you look further back, you've had people like Angelico that came over years ago wrestling the likes of Nitro Green. And there's always been that history of some of the big American wrestlers or some of the big stars on indie dropping in to that scene. And I'm hoping now that it's growing and I believe the Nordic wrestling scene are now utilizing Twitter a lot more, um, which is a good thing, the amount of people i interviewed saying you need to get twitter for example alice inc alice had no intentions of getting twitter marcus of man was telling her for ages he should get it and i was like look you need to get it because one you're a badass in the ring two you look like a badass 3 it'll get you noticed and now she's she's killing it everywhere she's coming over to england and i'm hoping with the growth of twitter and social media um for the like nordic wrestling scene that's, that's something to um grow and you've seen it with um rings of europe like they've been putting on some fantastic shows getting some of the best female wrestlers in europe all going out to like the likes of austria and stuff like that so it's it's, it's great to see uh the more big names are traveling into like the graps and the nordic scenes fantastic but then you've you get getting the other end you're getting brits going over there but you've also got them coming over here now and getting multiple opportunities and nine times out of ten if they've been booked over here once they're getting brought back which Mm -hmm. is a good thing so and i'm happy to try and like help and vouch for that really um it's something that i've been trying to pride myself in to try and help these guys get over like When people have said, oh, thank you, and stuff like that, at the end of the day, all I say is, hey, this person's cool. Check out this match. It's them that are doing the incredible work in the ring. Um, I'm just happy to try and shout it from the rooftops to see what companies are going to listen to them.
0: Yeah, because Alyssa Inc. is 100% an absolute badass. Uh, I caught her match with Chantel Jordan recently on Rings of Europe. She's a badass as well. So the two absolutely just kicked the crap out of each other. And that was just a fantastic match. (laughs) She had a great match against uh, Session Moth Martina uh, at Body Slam. And uh, recently at Wrestle Island against Lance Rivera. And I can't remember who was in the third. It was Triple Threat.
1: Yeah, I'm not too sure who... Because it was a replacement. It was supposed to be Cam Solas to begin with. And then Cam couldn't make the show. So they brought somebody else in. But... Yeah, and the fact she's getting please come back chance, and she's coming back in May, and then Carlos Zamora, he's been killing it. He's just mm. like had a match with RPD as well, um, and the fact that he's coming here for nearly every Wrestle Island show now is 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 part of their roster. That's incredible. Like the first Danish-born wrestler to have a tryout with WWE, he looks like a star, mm. and I think the more places he gets going, he's gonna be incredible. Yeah cuz he's an actual he started out in MMA is that right? Yeah he's, he's got that like mixed martial arts background to him um and he's made that transition and his conditioning's incredible like he stands out he looks like a superstar um mm-hmm. and yeah there's a reason why WWE looked at him to be the first danish born um to have trials with them and yeah the fact that he's now coming across to England and hopefully get booked in more places here in England. He's had a couple of bookings so far. I think, I think the booked him, um, not too long ago. Uh, there's wrestle Island. And then there's, I think somewhere, might be CWE Coventry. Um, I know there's, I think there's three companies that he's worked for over here so far. And once other companies like wrestle Island that are very popular on the internet, start booking him and his matches are getting put up on demand and stuff like that. It's only a matter of time before the likes of Progress or Rev Pro um, start looking at Carlos and Alice. You know what? I'd love to have seen him
0: against A-Kid in NXT UK because A-Kid's now moved on, but that would be a very interesting matchup. Two very skilled technical workers. So I'd, I'd like to see that. Also, Chris, I'd like to see him fight against Chris Ridgway. I think that would be a great match.
1: Yeah, that that'd be that'd be one of the matches I'd I'd like to see him have down like down the road for sure. Obviously, Ridgway's just gone back out to Japan for Noah, which is incredible to see. Um but yeah, there's there's so many matches like I'd like him to test himself against somebody like Dean Ormark. I think Dean Ormark's one of the measuring sticks when it comes to if 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 you can go in the if you can go in the ring, like Dean Dean that statement, if you can I won't even say keep up because Ormark's that good, but <laughs> um yeah, I think that'd be a amazing. Like yeah, yeah. Uh
0: I yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. And it's just of how great uh, Dean Ormark is, he can help anybody he's in the ring with at any time and just one match with Dean Allmark you will learn so much 100%. Um, so, so that would be a great match for him uh, now you, we've talked about the scanning grabs obviously there's the Italian wrestling scene, you have Rise and the Sun, the Italian Wrestling Association, they're doing some great work I uh, uh, really got into the Hungary scene at the moment due to Passion Pro's work. If you are you yep. familiar with them,
1: I've not really looked at the um, Hungarian scene to be honest. There's there's just way there's way too many there's way yeah. too many scenes to be looking out there. Um, I've recent because I wasn't only just doing like the Scandinavian stuff. I was doing all the Southeast Asia work as well so interviewing people from malaysia philippines singapore taiwan hong kong china so there was just literally just so much wrestling out there and i think now that the pandemic's closed off and i'm back at work in full time and stuff like that it's just a it's a difficult one to go into so i've i've been looking at different scenes um i think especially within my role of wanting to have a look at what's got a good wrestling scene, who don't have English commentators and stuff like that, kind of do the networking introduction. So I may have to have a look at the Hungarian wrestling scene.
0: Yeah. You've got, uh, I think it's HCW Hungarian Championship Wrestling is the main one, the passion of uh, a brand new promotion. But what they've been doing is bringing in lots of, everyone from Europe because it's I believe it's the to Hungary that are kind of behind it Okay, and uh, they've got all their wxw quite friendly with them and uh they had to the showcase at the I was it, the show, the yeah. 16 which was fantastic that was do you many have you seen a showcase
1: with not, not this not this recent one though no. um because yeah I know Wrestle carnival went out there as well and um of course body slam goes out there and stuff like that it's yeah it's been quite manic my end to be fair i've i started a new job last month then got covid like a week week and a half into the new role within like same organization but yeah different role and then it's been quite hectic i've had obviously odyssey bookings and i'm doing pro two like every other week now and doing their weekly shows catching up on the catalogue what they've got so my wrestling time's been quite limited because There's only so much, to be fair. And then I've got to be mindful of my wife's business and my parental duties as well, spending time with my little girl. So, yeah, in terms of watching as much indie wrestling as I'd like, it's been very minimal. So I may need a list to compile and be like, right, when you get five minutes, work your way through this because I've got a newborn on its way. So I imagine I'm going to be up many nights and that'll be a great time to catch up on some of the top shows around. Let's talk
0: about what you're doing with Pro Two because that sounded really interesting when we were talking about it off screen. Because when did that kind of start out, and uh, all the guys that you're working with there?
1: So Pro Two, um, let me think. It probably started out about a year ago. It was a new company that was born out of the pandemic, and um, somebody I interviewed, Emily Hayden. She got announced for the show, and. Me and Emily, after our interview, we became good friends. We're we keeping in touch. We, we started doing our own little show at one point. Um, and it was just a way for us, let's catch up and talk about horror or Marvel or whatever, but we'll just record it. Um, and I was having a look at some of the graphics that was getting made for like some of the talent announcements. And I'm like, there could be better um, at the time. And I think it was just somebody where he had it was helping them out. He wasn't a graphic designer. just trying to make something happen. So I kind of like to try and help Emily Emily as well. I was like, yeah, look, I'll help you with your graphics. Um, so I was like, right, for your first batch, I'll do them free of charge because it isn't something I've done before. Like I've created my own graphics, but I've never done graphic announcements for companies or anything like that. So I thought it oh, would be a good way to improve my skills and build a portfolio. Um so yeah, it's it started out as that, and then I ended up getting Logan Storm, the owner, on my show and was talking all things pro two. And it was at the end of it, it was like he's got a saying, like if somebody's part of the roster, he asks them if they're pro two. And at the end of the interview, he asked me if I was pro two. So I was like, Yeah, like don't know what this is gonna mean, like, <laughs> but we'll see, and we have Discussed different things like possibilities of me of going down there and getting some experience being a, a manager. Um, and they didn't know what they was going to do in terms of the distribution of their content and stuff like that. Like there was releasing the occasional match without any commentary, so it was really and little editing, like there was no production or show behind it. So it was being chatting, like, <clears throat> there's a few of us in the admin chat and stuff like that. Um, and then it just sparred out there. I ended up being announced as a talent scout for them. So when it comes to people trying to get bookings from England to go to Scotland, I tend to review all the footage, give my honest opinion, um, feed it back to the team. Like, right, yep, you need to have a look at these guys. Let us know what you think. Um, and then my connections with the european wrestling scene as well so during the pandemic i jumped on luke King sharp's online dojo doing some like online training and i was jumped in on like the hector guerrero one and the selena de La Renta one um just to be able to pick their brains about commentary um and because of that i kind of had my in with a lot of their young students and like all the up-and-coming talent in scotland so yeah it just became a, a thing of like I'd pass on talent from looking chaps dojo all the European talent that are in there. Um, and then all the English talent. So that was like my first proper role, I guess is doing like the, the talent scouting and the graphic designs. And then we have just started the commentary show. So we've got pro Tuesday it's called. So, and I every, released every other Tuesday, um, we're trying to get it released and, it's, it's great. We just tend to do two matches. It'll have a couple of interviews and a couple of segments on there. Um, and we're just going to keep releasing them um, every other week. So we're doing a lot of the um, catalogs that started in like October, November time. Um, and yeah, so that's just been a great learning experience again, just from, I guess it's, Putting some good out in the world, like I just offered a new company. Hey, do you want help to make your um branding look a little bit more crisper? And now they've got Jamie doing all the graphics, and Jamie's incredible. Like he's doing the Copenhagen Championship Wrestling graphics as well now. So now he's doing great. But yeah, it was just a it was a good experience to do some a bit of video editing for them. To be doing this, I guess the talent scouting and trying to help with who we should be bringing in um, to the company and. Recently, we've we've just dropped a uh, promo for this Sunday show from Stone Malone. He's going to be challenging uh, the UEWA heavyweight champion, Andy Wild. Um, So it's great. Like, we're bringing European titles. We've had Nitro Green bring the UEWA European Cruiserweight. Now we've got Andy Wild defending the European heavyweight title. So I helped Stone Malone with the promo work of it. So I messaged him like, right, we need this sort of promo. These are kind of some of the bullet points. I didn't want to be, here's a script, because we know how well that works for certain companies. But it was like, right, here's a few good points you could use about Andy. Here's a good few points you could use about the European Heavyweight Championship. Tell the story. Um, put your own spin on it. And it was, it was a fantastic job. It, it did great. And it just, that's, again, that's good experience. And the facts that... To me and to the team, we all thought he did an amazing job. Like that's on stone. He he's done the delivery. He's done the execution of the promo. But it's just good to see, good to be valued, I guess. Like having people respect your opinion. And um, I think Ethan said it to you where uh, um, when he says, "Right, we've got this person on," and I'll be like, "Yeah, right," and I'll, I'll I've got the research or um, I've got the knowledge or constantly like hey this person's great or hey this person's in the area um so it's, it's great like and Ethan's always like with Odyssey we book our shows like a year in advance we know the story we are wanting to tell we know what direction we want to go and we've got that core roster um and then obviously things happen in wrestling people drop out and stuff like that so that's why I like to be like hey look at this person or hey look at that person and I think if I keep dropping hints about this person being available or this person being good hopefully I'll get them in either Pro 2 or Odyssey Pro Wrestling or even Copenhagen.
0: Yeah because you mentioned obviously there seems to be a bit of a connection between Copenhagen Wrestling and the uh, Pro 2.
1: Yeah there's nothing official Um, I just think it's You've got Luke Sharp out there with Copenhagen Championship Wrestling. He's doing a lot of the booking at the moment. So he's been getting a lot of the Scottish guys over there. So we had um, Ruby Roberts facing Lexi like, in, in a killer match. Lexi with broken noses. First hard, female hardcore match in Copenhagen. And that's Ruby coming over from Scotland. But Ruby was also on episode one of Pro Tuesday fighting Emily Hayden. We've got ueno O'Rourke going out there making his debut shortly. Um I've just recently called one of his matches against Mark Billington. So there's, there's that kind of relationship. And then because we've had Luke and Sharp and Nitro Green happen, where that's where Luke and Sharp became the UEWA European cruiserweight champion, was beating Nitro Green at Pro Two. So it's not, I don't want to like, put words into companies. mouths, it's not a working relationship i just think there's a few different people myself luke and you sharp that are involved in both companies i guess and then there's that talent where we've got talent that are on our shows getting amazing opportunities in denmark but then we're also looking at the danish scene and the whole of scandinavian thinking right who could we fly over here to put on our shows as well
0: Yeah, And you've got uh, There's one that you've got coming up You're going to be doing commentary for You mentioned uh, Lexi Lux there But before we go into CCW as full Let's talk about the OPW Invasion of Nordic (laughs) Wrestling Uh, So I'll I'll Let you know who Ethan uh, chose Uh, I said he had Eight people including three females He went with Lizzie, Evo, Tonga And Jira Adams as the uh, Women And Lizzie
1: Tonga and was that Alexis? Did you say uh, no? Gia Adams and Gia Adams, okay.
0: And then on the, the men's side, he'd cheat here. He had Nathan Cruz, <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: But <gasps> he has one match at uh, uh, Reese and Rogan and yeah. Synergy. I love that. So, so you're booking two tag team matches, three women's matches, and uh, I guess a main event match.
1: That's an interesting one. So off off the back, I'm thinking Lizzie, Evo, she, she loves to scrap, doesn't she? Like She she can give it verbally and hand in the ring. So I'd probably put her against Alice Inc. I think them two could have a good fiery scrap and um, tell some good stories together. Um, with Tonga, ooh... I'm going to cheat here. Um, I'm going to say, I think, Betty Rose and Regina Rosendahl. So, sorry, Tonga. I know you're our champ and that, but she can go in the triple threat against them too. So, we've got, um, obviously, Betty Rose from Sweden. She's, again, incredible great character as well and then regina she's just an absolute killer and such a lovely person as well um from finland one of the head trainers in fight club finland as well and a great advocate for women's european wrestling so yeah i'd go tonga betty rose um and regina rosendahl and then with gia i'd have to go with six like she i think them two would just be two they'll just batter each other um like two powerhouses two of the hardest hitting and i think visually that'd be an amazing match to see and again six she she's somebody that i'm hoping will break out into the um the uk wrestling scene wasn't one that I could manage to convince on Twitter. She's done the wise thing, I guess, and stayed away from (laughs) the cesspool that can be Twitter. Um, But yeah, that'd be a great match. Tag teams. So we're going to go with Synergy versus uh, Steinbolt and Tank Anderson. So Swedishly, I think they... A two teams where they've got the power and the athleticism. Mm. And I think that would just be for thoroughbreds just going at it. I think that'd be an incredible match. And then my boys Reese and Rogan, um, if you listen to Odyssey, like always putting them over them, my whole boys, I guess. Mm. So um I tend to do a lot of my travelling down with them. They would go, it would be Randis Panya. Yeah. Like they're going for the body slam titles. Um and both of them, like obviously synergy are absolutely incredible. They're a fantastic team. And Reese and Rogan are. And I kept advocating it as and hyping it up as like the most anticipated tag match in like the north of England. And I was like, Christ mate, like you're putting it over that big, like, don't know if we can deliver. <laughs> and obviously they had TLC. Um at PFA, and then they've just had two back-to-back matches at Odyssey Pro Wrestling. They had one in Tidal as well. Um, and But recent Rogan, wow. For, they just under, they get it. They get tag team wrestling, the respect tag team wrestling, um, as do Synergy. And I just think going against uh, Rand- Randers would be a fantastic match because you've got Randers, the cocky, the arrogant, the outlandish... Um, depends where it would be, whether they'd be face or heels. And then you got Reese and Rogan that's going to punch him in the mouth and yeah. then probably cannonball him in the corner. I think that'd be an incredible matchup. And then Cruz, so again, Cruz is somebody who was essentially my first one of my first introductions into British wrestling. Um, he oh man, see, this is where I'm like. How many multi-man matches can I put in? Because there's so many people that I'd want to see that it would have to be Carlos. Carlos DeMora, Nathan Cruz. Whether Carlos is the body slam champion if he beats Michael Finn off the Nautical League. And yeah, Cruz to me is one of the best British wrestlers there is. Hands down, is um, absolutely incredible, and um, I'm going to cheat because there's more people that I want to put on there. I'd throw Alexis Falcon in against Lexi Lux. Um, I'd love to see Alexis coming out to um, Denmark. There is Scotty Rock. Give me Scotty Rock versus Endekara, and that's going to steal the show lights on. Yes, yes, yes. I. Uh...
0: Endokara versus Francesco Akira, who I'm, who I'm repping today,
1: and that body slam match. That was so good. exactly. Um, incredible. Endekara, he's he's somebody that needs to get over here mm. back into the UK. Um, absolutely incredible. Obviously, representing Sweden. He's got the Turkish heritage as well. Um, and he's he's fantastic. Um, and so is Scotty. Like the both would just be, it'd be so fast paced, it'd be so raw, and everything that'd i be getting hit would be, it'd be so good, it would be incredible. And then I would for the, I'll I'll say this is my last one because I can't keep throwing out a million different matches. Mm. Um, it'd be truly, I'd have to do a WrestleMania and book two weekend, uh, <laughs> like a full weekend. But um, for me, one of my MVPs, and we'll get into Odyssey. One of my MVPs of Odyssey Pro Wrestling's been two, but. 2Bit's been incredible. I'd seen a lot of his work at BWR, um, but post-pandemic, a bit like Scotty, they've just took it to a next level, and he's everything he does is just fantastic. It really is. Um, and I would book 2Bit against... Oh, Christ... I keep booking myself into a corner. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd go. I'm going to cheat again and throw a couple in. So it can be Copenhagen Championship Wrestling. It can be either the UEWA Cruiserweight title, or it can be the CCW title, which Nitro has. It can be Nitro Green, um, looking Sharp, and 2Bit.
0: I like it. I like it. Uh, so uh, the eight out uh, of the original chosen, death uh, was my guess at what you would probably would have yep. done. I, I did pretty well. I got recent Rogan, Randers, pagney I also got yep. Synergy versus Swedish Elite and Lizzie Evo against the Inc. I put Lexi Lux against Tonga because I always yep. think Tonga, she's so good, but she struggles against the more hardcore women. So I would have <laughs> thought that that would be. Uh, the great the matchup for her, yeah. I had Regina Rosendahl against Jira Adams because I just wanted a big Hoss women's fight. And for Nathan Cruz, it was I, I went with a Fatal Four. It was Emeritus, Michael
1: Finn, and Carlos Samora. I'd happily turn it into that Fatal Four. I just didn't want to do too many <laughs> yeah. um, multi-person um, matches, but I think that just it just shows how good again the Odyssey roster because there's so many more I want to bring. Mm. Off that, but then with just how good the um, like this, the scandi scene is at the moment. And I tell you what, as one more, and I said <laughs> I'd, I wouldn't, but easy lovers in a six man match with Freak Show with Isaiah Quinn at ringside
0: oh, that would be a fun,
1: weird all the characters,
0: all the characters, just, including like, Dark Market, I take it as oh, uh, Yeah.
1: Yeah, so you can have any variation. Obviously, Will's currently nursing a broken nose, so we don't know when he'd be back, but will cut a nightmare, and then we'll have Dark Mark with Isaiah Quinn as there. And I just think going against Emirates, uh, going against Easy Lovers, sorry, I think that'd be it's the characters of it. Mm. It would just it fascinate me of how um, Isaiah Quinn would react to how Easy Lovers are, and I think you've you've got Bam Bam and him going against Dark Mark would be very entertaining, and then with Eric Sabal and Jack Port going against the original Freak Show and Nightmare and Will Carter would, yeah, I think that'd be.
0: Yeah, I, I see. It'd it.
1: be a fu- it'd be a fun match and it'd be different. It's not going to be that huge indie indie match, but I think it'd be a match that everybody would walk away talking about. Mm. because I think it'd be so entertaining because of the seven people that would be involved.
0: Yeah, definitely. And uh, if you definitely knew Scandagraphs or want to see, Google the uh, music video for the Easy Lovers, the music video promo that they did. It is so... Brilliantly 80s. Yeah. It's I, I absolutely do love the easy lovers. Uh so we'll talk about well, do you want to introduce the upcoming uh Copenhagen Championship Wrestling show? They've got four matches announced so far, if I'm right.
1: Yes. So we've got um it's called Sicker Sicker Than Your Average. Um we've got that coming up, and that's on Saturday, May 7th, again in Copenhagen. And the matches that we've got, I believe, yeah. We've got four matches. We've got Victor Vault versus Ueno Raw. That's just being announced. Like two big hitters. Um, Vault's fantastic. Um, Interviewed him. It blew. It blew my mind. He spoke fluent Japanese. He's never even. I don't even think he's ever been to Japan. Wow. And he's just taught himself fluent Japanese, and it 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 suit that environment as well. Like. I'm not gonna try and book a match for him actually, because we've already <laughs> done that. Um, but then the big, strong, like man with the ginger sex appeal in Uno Raw is—he's he, he's fantastic. I think that that'll be a great match. And when Uno was announced, I was like, "That's that was the match that I was hoping for out of those two. Then we've got Seb Silver's. Obviously, he got a big win at Grunge, um, which is going to be the TV tapings that and um, myself and Jonas is going to be doing when we'll get the footage over here. He's going to be going against Adonis, which I'm excited for Adonis making his Copenhagen championship debut, one half of Randa's Panya, And that's one thing I'm happy with. We're seeing a lot more body slam people or even body slam characters because Copenhagen it was, They'll use their other personas usually. We're now going to be seeing the Adonis character in Copenhagen Championship Wrestling um, making his debut against Seb Silvers. So that's going to be great. Then we've got the UEWA European Cruiserweight title in Luke King Sharp versus Sebastian Day. Um, Sebastian being a former CCW heavyweight champion, that's going to be an entertaining match. Like These two know each other really well both inside the ring and outside the ring. Um, so professional and personally. So, and I think they always make the best chemistry. When you've got people with the bond like that they've got, I think that'll be a really entertaining match. Um, and Lou's lose done an incredible job. Um, talk about, like again, what we were saying earlier, trying to make ourselves different. He's done that in professional wrestling, being the blood tourist. Traveling to all the different countries he's been to, um, even including China. So, yeah, that'll be a great match. And then so far we've got that CCW, the Copenhagen Championship Wrestling Heavyweight Championship match, which surely going to be the main event. We've got Emeritus, which so happy that he's in CCW. Um, against somebody else that should be booked all over Europe. He's going to be facing the champion Nitro Green and Warhorse. That's it. Horse is coming to Copenhagen Championship Wrestling. That is going to be so entertaining, um, that matchup. up
0: Yeah, I, Warhorse. I, if you've been following his social media of his time in the UK, <laughs> he's been having an absolute blast and uh, he's yeah. been so entertaining on it. And uh, it's great to see him doing this tour in the UK now. And then, as you say, head over to uh, Denmark and get some more bookings. Why not? Yeah. really looking forward to it it does sound like a fantastic show so uh obviously we, uh, there may be a couple of people from them are listening so if you're available and can get down to copenhagen <laughs> definitely do so in fact actually if you're in the uk i'm sure it doesn't cost much to travel down to copenhagen get yourself over there and watch some wrestling <laughs>
1: Might not be the best. I don't know what flights are like at the moment, obviously, with the, oh, yeah, with the COVID a inflation and everything else inflating um, in, in the current climate. But yeah, it's if you can, make sure you go there or once we've got our recordings out, make sure you're going to be following the YouTube channels. So have a look at Copenhagen Championship Wrestling on social media. We've also got like EV Entertainment. They were at Grunge. I'm sure that tag team is going to be um, at Sicker Than Your Average. On the poster, we've got chaos as well. Like one of the godfathers of Danish wrestling. Um, obviously the runner of Dansk Pro Wrestling, which is the longest, um, like the oldest company in Denmark. And then we've got Copenhagen Hangman, former CCW champion, lost to Nitro. Like, what's gonna happen there? Um, and then we've got Ruby Roberts, excuse me. Ruby Roberts is going out there again. Um after the amazing showing with Lexi Luke's and don't know who she'll be facing. I don't know who the replacement for Bobby Roberts will be. Bobby was supposed to um go out there from Scotland as well, who again commentated um not too long ago on his match at Pro Two, but unfortunately he's he's going to be retiring. Um, his last match is going to be I think this coming um Sunday, so Sunday the first of May. Um, he's going to be retiring and closing Respect Pro Wrestling um, up in Scotland. So wish Bobby a good retirement. And it's a shame we didn't get to see him going to Denmark. Like he's just a big, hard-hitting man with a point to prove. So that would have been fun to see.
0: You no, know, I just thought that we should definitely, definitely try to make happen because I know uh, Ian Skinner out there is a fan of the show. So hopefully it's what watching. We need to get Ian Skinner versus Carlos Zamora.
1: As soon as you mentioned Ian... That was the name that came up in my head because, it, yeah. And Ian, Ian's, Ian's a great, he, fantastic in the ring and an even better person. Mm-hmm. He is great. Like me and Emily Hayden and Ian ended up doing an episode of what we call D and Dub. So for those that are interested in Dungeons and Dragons and wrestling, we kind of like mix the two, I guess, um, and talked about like fantasy parts, like what we'd use and stuff like that. But it, yeah, Ian's fantastic. Um, he's somebody that would mix it up really well with Carlos.
0: You are hearing that? ICW, get that, butch 100%. It'd be like, a great
1: they, they, match. They've, been, they've been utilizing some of the best talent in the UK recently. We've seen G. Adams going over there, Alexis Falcon, Tonga, Synergy. They've just been in the um cage against um Kings of the North. Reese and Rogan just made their ICW debut get Carlos Samora making his ICW debut in the TV tapings, and he's somebody else where I think if they saw him and if they saw his work, he'd get booked again.
0: Yeah. I loved uh, Skinner's match against uh, Akira again, another one of those fantastic. Uh, and as you say, just, they would just be right.
1: Get it booked. I'd love to see him get an opportunity in Japan.
0: Yeah. I think he'd
1: really, he'd really suit... um if, he, if he managed to go out to I think Dragon Gate or Noah would be a couple of the best ones, unless he wanted to do like the Young Lion stuff with New Japan, that'd be a good fit for him as well. Um he's very entertaining. I think
0: he could do a lot in DDT as well. <laughs> I think he could have a lot of fun over in DDT thinking about it.
1: Yeah. And and that's that's the thing, he's not just one, he's not one trick pony. He's got good look. He's great in the ring. And then he's got that personality where it can show two different sides. And I think that's... like It was on Britain's Got Talent as well, which is yeah. just a, a weird um, fun factor for there.
0: I got my uh, Dungeons & Dragons beginner set. Something I've always wanted to get into oh, for a little while with uh, my um, amazing fiancé, soon-to-be wife. Thankfully, we're finally getting married after about five years of... Uh constant planning and uh obviously covid and whatnot uh, that's yeah. 10 years in the planning thinking about it when we've wow. caused, uh, just uh things that things some things getting away every now and then yeah and uh but yes yeah, so really looking forward to that but yeah we're uh hoping to get into Dungeons and Dragons there's apparently a uh I think it's in stock where quite close to live. it says there's a place where you can meet and learn oh, stuff good. as beginners so that but uh, yeah really
1: uh, fun. it's it's something that I've always wanted to get into, but I just didn't have the friends for it. Like how would I, I always used to like I was like the cool geek at school, I guess, where I was always I was playing for the football teams and I was always into that, but then I'd be liking my wrestling, my superhero stuff, and I was always like to and fro in, but never knew anybody that liked D D. And then here I am, I'm now 29. Been playing it for a couple of years and it all stemmed from my job. Where again, not, not to say what is on air, but people in a professional um, like setting. And we've all been like, all of a sudden, it's these four or five of us that was like, Oh, yeah, I've always wanted to do D. Oh, yeah, I've always wanted to do D. So then we've started doing it. Our setup's fantastic now. Like, we've got one of my fr- couple of them just like making stuff. So our tabletops like look fantastic of like little huts that have been made. It's an expensive hobby. Mm. Um I spent like 40 pounds on a single pair of dice because they matched my character. <laughs> so I'm, I'm doing a I'm doing a you went um, that deep. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing I'm doing a, a dragonborn um, sorcerer that's got brass skills um called Azeroth. and I've actually got um, I think I've got a dice up here. So, you can hear all the dice moving around in there. So we've got loads of different dice, which I don't know if everyone can see on there. And the ones that I actually oh, I
0: think so you've...
1: heavy, and it's just brass dragon scales. Oh, there we go. Oh, wow. So it's like brass dragon scales, um, and it, for the size comparison. They're like your average dice that you can get. Yeah. The size of them and the weight is just different. And yeah, I got that deep into my character. And
0: it, Has it improved your role?
1: To be fair, yes. So <laughs> like we I just leveled up. I ended up getting a few different spells. Um, and... I could do some meta magic, which for the sorcerers, I've got one where it can be quicken spell and twin spell. And I thought, you know what? I'm just gonna start using all my meta magic as well. Cause I got excited. It was the first battle. We we're in a jungle. Turns out we had a few more sessions before we had a long rest. So using most of my spells at the beginning was a bit of an error. But I was like the kid with the shiny new toys. And I ended up rolling three NAT 20s in a row. And my DMs just like. What the hell is going on? Because, again, there's no shenanigans. We're, we're all there. Like, you're rolling on the table and stuff. And we just couldn't believe it. And we like, those dice are amazing. And then let one of my mates use it. He put it down. He got a nat 20. But, unfortunately, he had disadvantage and rolled a 1. <laughs> so <laughs> it was both sides of it for him. Um, so, yeah, it was great. And then the session after... Oh, I was just missing everything. Like, they weren't doing good, So we we'll, we've we'll create, like, the guy that likes to make everything has created a uh, Dice Jail for us now. So if we start rolling terribly, they get put away for the rest of the session and we'll sulk.
0: That was, Sounds like a good way to do it. I must admit, it, it's kind of similar story. When I was uh, in my 15, I decided that I had to hide everything that was geeky about me. And just concentrate on being sport and trying to be cool and didn't get back into stuff till I was in my 20s. But I was such a Marvel geek between like 12 to 15. And then suddenly I was just like, just stopped. It was like nobody could know I was into it. And now it's the cool thing
1: to do. Yeah. (laughs) It is. Yeah. And I think it's, I got to that age where I was like, you know what? I know what people think like if, if they're going to mock me for finding something that I enjoy doing. And I think this goes for most wrestlers. I don't know if I dropped out there, um, but yeah, the I think it goes for everybody in life where I spent so much time worrying about what people think of me and stuff like that. And even like what my friends are thinking. At the end of the day, if you've got something that makes you happy and that you enjoy, as long as it's safe for you and you're not at risk or anything, it's nothing illegal or whatever. But if you're doing something that you find enjoyment out of, who cares what other people think if they're friends and they're going to start a ribbon, a joke and a laugh's fine. But if they're going to like torment you for what you're enjoying in life, then are they really friends? Like, I don't want to go into a massive deep rant about it all, but yeah, it's just like what you like and just be, be you like, don't put any of these like fake charades up just and life's too short for that stuff
0: indeed i'm really happy because a lot of my friends are not interested in like i am there are a lot, about you know half of my group are half are and but we've all agreed that yeah the super strong soul 16 is literally two weeks before my wedding so that has become my uh stack weekend so, oh, we'll that up, so i'm really happy about that uh before we move on to ipw um we normally do a mount rushton of four great british wrestlers who you would like but we're going to do it different we're going to Go for the Scandinavian. So okay. for four guys who you think have influenced the scene the most and who have broken out the most, who would you put up on there? Uh from your um, knowledge?
1: I think it's it's difficult. Because there's kind of like two questions. There's one where they've broken out more, but then there's ones where they've influenced more. Mm. And I think if we were just going with the influence, I think you've got Eric Isaacson in Norway. Um, you've got, I'd probably go with Steinbolt for Sweden. I would go probably Chaos for Denmark. And then I would go Starbuck for Finland. I think a lot of them started their own, like, their own territories. Steinbolt's like the younger of them all, but I think he's one of the top names in Swedish wrestling. And t- seems to be like that pinnacle of like, if, if you're good, you can go with Steinbolt kind of thing um, mm-hmm. in Sweden. So I think for influence, it'd be those. I think for breaking out um, and for like the newer generation, um, I would put... Michael Finn. Oh, this is hard.
0: <laughs> we we don't take it easy on our guests
1: here. <laughs> you know what? I he I, said getting out there and getting exposure, so I'd have to go. There'd be Nitro Green because he's been wrestling in Scotland. He's wrestled all over Europe. There would be um, Carlos Samora because again, he's breaking out. is the first ever. Danish wrestler um, to get a trial with WWE. I can't leave him off it. Um, I think Alice Inc, because probably just being biased, but I think if there's a show in Scandinavia, people want Alice Inc on it. Um, And now she's going to be coming over here a lot more and stuff like that. So I'd go with Alice because of the exposure she's been getting. And then I would go... Yeah, I think I'd do that. So it'd be Nitro, it'd be Carlos, it'd be Alice. And then I think I'd go of Michael Finn. I like Alice. So if you're like go so check hard. Those names out. <laughs> I just feel like there might be people listening to this and be thinking you and then a few choice words afterwards for like, I'm <laughs> for sorry if out. I left you out. It's <laughs> hard to be put on the spot. Um I love you all. Keep doing what you're doing. <laughs>
0: okay so let's round up with opw uh yeah. mutiny show coming up two matches announced so far yes championship match alexis falcon versus tonga
1: what a match this is going to be like the story of all this like it's it's weird um people forget alexis falcon's from hull as well like we went to the same high school like i was a couple of years above her um but then you'd forget that because it's like she's been adopted by the Scouse um, as she's been in Liverpool. But then she kind of made her name for herself in Morecambe. So it's like she's got three homes. She's got Hull, (laughs) she's got Liverpool, she's got Morecambe. Um, And I think at the start of Odyssey Pro Wrestling, if you asked the Morecambe fans, which are amazing, by the way, it is really Morecambe. um, If you ask them, who do you think is going to be the first women's champion? They'd have probably said Falcon. And Tonga's been proving everybody wrong up and down this country, whether it's at Future Shock or here at Odyssey. And you had what was supposed to be a fatal four-way match for the first show with Falcon, Evo, Tonga, Gia. And then Evo and Falcon had to pull out for different reasons. So that turned into a singles match. And then you had the tag match where that just ended up in a like referee just stop stoppage just because there was just battering each other. And then you had the four way elimination match where Tonga did incredible to win. And what she's done from there on with the title defenses, she's been having, whether it's been Lana Austin's, whether it's been against Gia Adams and Katie Hawkins, um, Harley Hudson recently, she's been an incredible champion. And then, At War on the Shore, Alexis Falcon came back and she was like, I'm challenging you. And that match could easily steal the show. I think they're two of the best. I'm not even going to say women's wrestlers because I think it can not be degrading, of course, but I hate them being pigeonholed. They're two of the best wrestlers in the UK. The two of the wrestlers in the UK with the most momentum up and down the country for different companies. And the fact that's going to be happening at Mutiny um, on June 18th in Markham is going to be absolutely incredible. You've got Tonga that thinks she's better than everybody else is the reason why she's everybody's favorite current obsession. Like every time her song hits, I'm just dancing along um, in the little booth in Markham because her, her entrance music's just amazing. And she just looks down at everybody in Markham and they hate her for it. And then you've got somebody that's so loved as Alexis Falcon there, where they'd all probably go for, to war for Alexis if she wanted her to. Like that's going to be an a an amazing match, and the crowd is going to be incredible and in there for it.
0: And then, of course, as you say, Rick Marcus versus Ryan Hunter. Whew. Big story behind this. I again, I'll let you uh break it down for the fans.
1: <laughs> <laughs> there was a saying. Ryan Hunter's the John Cena of Morecambe for a couple of reasons. Is one, he, he never loses. <laughs> he, he is incredible. He, he gets the job done, but two, he's been loved. Like since he started training and becoming a professional wrestler, whether it's Blackpool or Morecambe, they love him. And he, he's been fantastic as well. Um, did I break up again? Then? A little bit there. Yeah. I, I don't know what it is. Every time I use zoom, it just likes to break. I don't know why. Um, But yes. So with Ryan, he's everybody loves him. They, they all loved him and that have done a bit like Alexis that had gone to war for him. Like he was just so renownedly loved and he had some incredible matches beating 2Bit in the final to become champion, defending it against Nathan Cruz. And then it came to war on the shore. It came to the triple threat against Decker and RPD. And RPD is somebody who the crowd love and adore. And all of a sudden the crowds got split. You're hearing people chant for Hunter, but you're also hearing people chant for RPD. And I... Again, I I don't want to put words into anybody's mouth. I I don't know why he did what he did at War on the Shore. But he, when so when the spotlight came out, Chris Brooker came out, and you've got the likes of Reese and Rogan, and it's yep, they're gonna come help Decker. They grab the chairs, and then you get Ryan Hunter doing the chair in the back. I've never seen a crowd turn so toxic in my life. I had fans in front of the booth that will sat on, taking their Ryan Hunter t-shirt off, throwing it onto the floor, and then they'd either not put a different top on or will put their RPD top on. This is somebody that's been loved for years where you constantly have fans wait for him. So on one of our shows, we had a... A, f- a fan in the air, uh, the crowd that I was dealing with after the show, she ended up having an asthma attack because of how excited she was getting for Ryan Hunter, and I think it was when he won the title because Tubit was just destroying his leg, and it was we didn't know what was going to happen, and she was just yeah she got that into it and that behind Ryan Hunter that it triggered an asthma attack, and I managed to call her down and managed to sort her out a little bit and then. She despite feeling terrible, she waited at the end of the show for Ryan Hunter. And then you've got crowds now taking their t-shirt off, marching over to merch and demanding a refund for their Ryan Hunter t-shirts they've bought. It's still really Morecambe. And it's it's gonna be interesting to see what they what the reasons for Ryan doing what he did. But I, I was genuinely like, mate, you're going to have to sleep here. Like, you're not getting out alive. I genuinely think if if he tried walking through that crowd to go home, it would have got stabbed. <laughs> it would have got stabbed, punched, kicked, whatever. Like, they would have mobbed him. And I think when you've got the crowd in the palm of your hand like that and you just clench it into a fist and discard it, it's it's what wrestling's about. Obviously not people, like you had grown people crying. Like it's, people loved him that much and he did what he did against RPD. And so many people were behind RPD. You could hear the crowd during the match chanting for him, even when those was facing off before he did what he did. People were still wanting RPD. And once again, he got screwed out of an opportunity to become champion. And then there was attacking him or there was going to try and end it. And the Cumbrian outlaw, Rick Marcus, returned after a few months after being taken out by Andre Decker, and the crowd just erupted. And there you have it. You've got Ryan Hunter. That's just become the biggest villain in Morecambe. Like, you could probably...
0: That was a long uh, Uh, pause. Where where
1: did we break up?
0: uh, You just started talking about Rick. And you... uh, Yeah. uh, I'm not sure what's going on with Zoom right now. It's breaking up for us. Okay, so last thing. What's your take on the Lance Rivera... Am I back? Yes, you're back.
1: Yeah, brilliant. So before, yeah, so Rick returned um, at War on the Shore. The crowd erupted and instantly you've got two mega faces in RPD and Rick Marcus and you've just created the biggest villain in Morecambe. I think if you robbed somebody's house in Morecambe, took all their belongings and then you offered them a choice of, do you want the stuff we stolen off you back, or do you want a free punch on Ryan Hunter? They'd probably go for the free <laughs> punch on Ryan Hunter and just think, I'll buy everything else new. That's how much like he's hated. And it's it's incredible. Like it's it's gonna be interesting. And the fact that Rick's got a title shot against Ryan, that crowd is going to be absolutely electric.
0: Yeah, and that is Saturday, the 18th of June in Morecambe. Uh, what is your take on Simon Hill and uh, Lance Rivera situation?
1: Going to get me in trouble here. Yes, um, I am. <laughs> Lance is somebody I think is incredible. Mm. I think he is a fantastic wrestler. And for whatever reason, him and Simon don't like each other. If you ask Lance, Lance will be like, well, he keeps costing me matches. If you ask Simon, Simon's like, well, I'm just doing my job. It's him that's listening. He should be paying attention on his opponent. Is Simon trying to say things loud to try and get under Lance's skin? Like, I think he's my commentary partner. And like, we'll be, we've been at it from day one. And um, We've both commentated for the first time together. And we've kind of grown together. And it's been good to see over the near year of the different paths we've both gone down and both getting opportunities everywhere, which is great. He does an amazing job, but I think sometimes he may like to antagonize Lance knowing that Lance can't do anything about it because at the end of the day, Simon's a commentator and Lance is an in-ring competitor and at war on the shore, Lance had the opportunity to get that win. He had that chance to win and Simon, whether or not it was just him being excited or he, did, he really wanted Lance to hear him, said, "Just pin him. Just that's all he's got to do. He's got he's got to pin him." And Lance was like, "Don't tell me what to do." And that allowed Nate Reese to get the win. Lance tried jumping into our booth in Morecambe to try and get at Simon, and it, it's it's a it's a fiery thing. Like I, I asked, I asked the question. Um, Lance was on a different show, and I just like I like meddling. I guess um, I like to um, justify people's behaviors on commentary. So I was like, Lance should do commentary with us <laughs> at Mutiny, even if it's just one match. I would love Lance to join us in the booth. I'll get in the I'll get in between them. And I just think it'd be very entertaining just to see how how they interact with each other if they were. On commentary at the same time with myself in the middle, and I think that sounds brilliant.
0: I want to see that now.
1: <laughs> I think it'd be re- I think it'd be really entertaining. I think it would be interesting to see if they agree on some points. You never know. <laughs> Being on commentary, they might realise they've got more in common than they think, or I'm going to be in the middle of a car crash as they both got each other. <laughs> but we've, we've seen Simon training like. Lance said to me that Simon doesn't go training when he's there because he's trying to avoid Lance. So, whether or not that's true, will we see them in the ring in the future? Honestly, I don't have a clue. It'd be interesting to see, but I think before we get there, I would love to see Lance on commentary, even if it's just for one match with myself and Simon. I think that's fair.
0: You, you, you heard Eve, and I'm sure you're watching. You need to book it. I think that would be <laughs> the perfect idea. And with that said, just remember, don't feed the trolls.